Well, here on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Susan Littlefield. As we all know, it was kind of a mixed type of market trade. About the only real positive we saw came out of the corn market, though. The new crop and beyond soybeans did see a bit of a positive as well. But that's just it. It's the soybeans right there. As we look at those numbers, we're going to find out what was the cause in their trade today with Sue Martin. Sue is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And a, a bit of a drop, especially on those nearby beans today, Sue. Well, it was. Uh, beans, you know, tested the $16 level, basis July, got to 1604 and three quarters. And I think there was some liquidation and selling against the $16 level. And of course, the market couldn't hang on and ended coming down and closing the day lower. So, you know, it's, we've actually had beans performing better than corn and wheat, but today that spread started to unwind. Corn gained some strength. Wheat had beautiful strength, but again, gave it up as the day went on. We don't think this rally is going to hold. We think, even in corn, uh, we think we're in for a little bit of a dead cat bounce here uh, today, and maybe, I doubt that it stretches into tomorrow, but it could tonight, and then we try to uh, work our way back down as we go into the end of the week. There, according to seasonals, we might strike a low and try to lift this market, which would totally alter the pattern that we've had since last September, where we put lows in on beans and corn and, you know, bounce around and maybe come back down in the first day or two of the new month and look at it and then start up from there. But we've had 12 to 13 months in a cyclical count up in these markets in beans and corn. They're long overdue for some correction, and it's healthy. So with China talking about cutting back on their ration of soybean meal, did that have any factor in this market today? I think so. Um, You know, China was talking about that uh, they had cut back almost like almost half in the ration of soy meal. And that if this, and it was their largest, one of their very largest producers. And um, uh, the thought is, and they were doing that through last year, into this year and it was thought that if that kind of caught hold and they did that 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 would then cut you know demand for soybeans appreciably i i don't see that i think more than anything it could have been a situation there's two things one if they put out the the rhetoric that might just sort of break the price a little bit and two, um, I think that uh, we were going through COVID, you know, pretty aggressive last year. And ships, the shipping pace was not as good as it would normally be. And, you know, then you had Brazil coming with a good crop of beans. And so, you know, supplies were backing up. But um, I think that when we look at China, um, they're saying by June, you know, they should be pretty much up to speed on their numbers, but yet Inner Mongolia has African swine fever. And so they're watching that closely. I think that it's just an interesting time, and I think it's just propaganda we're hearing out of China. So having said that, and we know that it had kind of a quick effect on our our soybean trade, we move past that and we look at how advanced our planning progress is here in the States? Well, exactly. And also there's a forecast of rain um, this week. We'll see if we get it and how much we get. But it appears it's one of our best chances to catch rain. So as we move 
uh, through this week, you know, the planning progress is thought that we will see um, that we will see the um, beans catching up. I mean, we're ahead of last year. We're ahead of the five-year average. And, of course, emergence is in corn and beans is also very good and ahead of normal as well. The one thing I will say is, is that when we look at emergence, I don't think our emergence this year is as good generally in the Midwest as it was last year. Last year we had plentiful supply of subsoil moisture and also we had heat. This year we're pretty cool and I know that you know, we get into some, a shot of heat, that'll change quickly and those crops will move, you know, they'll grow very quickly and will catch up. But I think that this year the lack of subsoil in a lot of areas, Iowa especially, yes, southern Iowa's got some moisture, but still a major portion of the state does not. And it seems like these rains are really pushing across from the south to the east and you know, they're feeding the areas that caught it before, you know, uh, a portion of Illinois, Indiana, and on into Ohio. But yet you also have the southeast sitting here pretty warm and dry. Now, the quality wheat, or winter wheat quality tour is underway in Kansas. Do we see that playing any factors in our, our market trade once more data becomes available? It sure could, but traders are thinking that that will show um, a better yield because of the moisture they had gotten here recently. And I know this morning I was talking to a, a gentleman with um, uh, KFRM, and he was telling me that the humidity was so strong that he had to run his windshield wipers coming to work. It was almost like it wasn't raining, but it was like the the air was so humid that it could just turn and would just drop or or you would feel it on your face. And so that's got to be good for the crop too. But um, it's going to be interesting, but they are expecting a better yield uh, than what they would have originally. So we'll see what happens. Lots of things to look at as we continue with this market trade. Talking today with Sue Martin. Sue, again, is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. As we get ready to head to break, we'll come back and finish taking a look at what's been happening on this grain side of the market trade. And then we'll focus on the livestock. We know that the, the cattle market today actually saw some higher numbers in the live cattle. Lean hogs were up as well. Feeder cattle, on the other hand, saw a bit of a struggle. Stick around. More is coming up on this Tuesday. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing that conversation with Sue Martin. Sue again with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And you and I were just talking during the commercial breakout, and I don't want to jinx it by saying this Q word, but how quiet the market was for a Tuesday. It was. You know, you had that nice little rally, but then it kind of, even corn came back almost to steady money basis July, and then we managed to kind of get a little strength back into the settlement and closed about five and three quarters higher on the July and up four and a half on the seven, six higher on the D's. But the dollar was lower today and down quite a bit. It's down 40.2 as I speak right now, and so it's nearing a four-month low. And what that's doing is it's making us very competitive globally. It's helping the cause, let's put it that way. But the one thing that I will say um, I wonder about the corn is, you know, we've broken it pretty hard. 
And again, it's a market that I think will find some support on seasonality even on Friday. And maybe we try to give a lift into Memorial Day. But it certainly does look like we have a market here that's trying to say, okay, I've rallied enough. And now let's see, the crop is planted and we've got South American corn uh, pollinated. So the things that were driving this market higher, and then the talk of rain potential, even though heat is supposed to be coming, and heat will be viewed negatively because it's helpful to the crop. So I almost think that the market is just saying, I'm tired. I've had a big move. The things that were driving me, now we need to step back and say, prove to me what the weather's going to do and how big this crop is going to be. Because there's been some talk. Informa also uh, came out, I think it was last Friday, and added, you know, what was it, like 5.7 million acres uh, to uh, corn uh, planted area that they believe we'll see. So over 95 million. And that be the case, that really wore on the corn market too. And it was loaded up long. And, you know, we find some areas, a lot of elevators don't have corn. But now that you've got the farmer done planting, what's he thinking about? He's thinking about possibly marketing grain if he still has some in his bins. And so I think now that's also helping this market sort of take a breath and just stepping back for a moment. And it's probably very healthy. So uh, before we jump over to livestock quick, the Chinese appetite for corn, could that continue tomorrow to see that big of a purchase come in or, or something close? I think so. We've been seeing China in our market. In fact, they're even continuing to ask about offers. And, you know, they've booked around 7 to 9 million metric tons in total, you know, from last September into February. So, you know, the Chinese purchases are record large. Um, They're actually buying new crop about a month earlier than normal. And I think, again, it goes back to weather. One, they need the crop, but Two, it goes back to where they see South American corn, the safrina, the one that usually gets exported uh, largely, is going to have to fill the shoes of ethanol in place of sugar. And in the meantime, also knowing that the potential for that crop to downsize because they continue to see a, a warm, dry forecast, and they're heading into their driest part of the year. So I think China is looking at us and saying, I'm going to go ahead. They know how tight we are, and they know that um, uh, end users are going to be trying to book up as as best as they can for new crop, and will farmers be willing to sell? I think we've seen some selling against the $6 cash bids that we had out in the countryside last week. Probably makes those guys feel pretty good right now that they did do so. And if they were wanting to protect themselves, they can come back and own $6 calls back or something even a little less. And it doesn't, it'll give them a, a full protection if they really feel like maybe they want to still be part of the ball game. Um, but all in all, I think that, um, that added a little hedge pressure to the marketplace. And I think China's looking at it and saying, we got to get our hands in there and start getting commitments booked up because they're fearing that if something doesn't go right this summer, we're going to see a very tight uh, supply come fall. Uh, looking at the box beef, nice to see a big jump like we did in, in the prices today. Well, we did, and yesterday we did too. Um, in fact, it was interesting. Yesterday, the box beef was up sharply. The pork was up sharply. 
and then you had um, hamburger up three to four dollars, and you had uh, bellies up sharply too, and that's unusual to have all of that so strong at the same time, and it makes one wonder if there isn't something going on. Makes me wonder if our government could be buying meat. And uh, with the thought that maybe they're going to be sending troops over to the Middle East. Who knows? You know, we're pulling out of Afghanistan, but there's so much stuff going on. Um, it makes you wonder why the huge hit on the product yesterday at such high levels. Very much so. Best way to reach you, Sue? Our number is 1-800-527-0051, and y'all have a great day. And that's been Sue Martin joining us at the Fontenelle Final Bell. Reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.